like to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles. Uh, we're going to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll be reading verse 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Our brother Dean will be bringing us this morning's message, The Transformation of a Disciple. Good morning. Going to do something a little different this morning. Usually I have copious notes up here and have really typed out everything I'm going to say pretty well. This morning is going to be different and not like that. The subject is the transformation of a disciple, um, specifically aimed at Peter. I, I want to say that um, I had something happen to me a few days ago. Actually, it was a few weeks ago now. I was sleeping soundly. Three o'clock in the morning, I woke up. Couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep for anything. And it wasn't really a voice that spoke to me, but it was an overwhelming impression that just said to my head, get up and read Second Peter. I, what? What is this? <laughs> and so... I couldn't sleep anyway, so I got up and turned on the light and started reading my Bible, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, and I was amazed at the, the information that the Gospel of Peter has. It later, it later welded into First and Second Peter. So this morning, we're going to uh, go through those, those epistles and pick out the golden texts that I, I focused on as I read those early morning hours. Uh, first of all, though, we, we need to put the setting in place. Peter. So much has been written, so many sermons about him, so many books have been written about Peter. And <clears throat> we, I certainly identify with Peter so many times in my life <clears throat> when I have blown it, when I've said what I shouldn't say. <laughs> my wife is smiling, she knows. <laughs> um, I've made so many mistakes, and perhaps you can identify too. Not as much as I do with that, I'm sure. But um, here's a man that wrote these words we're going to focus on in a few minutes. And yet, <clears throat> he denied his Lord. Just terrible denunciation of his Lord and Savior. Now, I remind you, this was after he walked on water ever heard of a man walking on water? He walked on water. And then he had this horrible experience of going down in the waves under the water. And he cried out to Jesus, save me. And Jesus, of course, did, did that. Um, he was there when Jairus' daughter was brought back to life. Remember, he was one of the disciples that Jesus took, took in to that, to that room where the daughter. And he saw this dead young person rise from the dead. He saw that. He was there. Would that change you if you had experienced that? He was there when the Greeks came to the temple and said those immortal words. We would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. Take us to Jesus. They had come a long distance. Those beautiful words. We would see Jesus. And then the voice from heaven that spoke on that occasion spoke about the Son, God the Father was speaking in a loud voice. Some just interpreted it as thunder, but 
those that were in tune with God heard, heard the voice. Um, <clears throat> he was there when the widow of Nain was going in the funeral procession and Jesus just reached over and touched the coffin and the dead boy arose out of his, out of his death. He saw that. He witnessed that. Um, he was there when Lazarus was called forth. What a moment in history. A dead man, three or four days, and Jesus just spoke the words, and Lazarus came forth. He witnessed that. Are you getting the picture? He touched him. He heard him. He was with him for three years. He was there when all these miracles occurred. And yet, when the crisis came, he cursed and he swore. And he says, I don't know this man. How could he do this? How could he do that? Have we ever been there? You see, if these stories of scripture don't come down to us in 2010, 2011, and change us so that we are benefited and don't make the same mistakes, then they're just stories. It has to move us and to shake us and to change us. Um, and then Peter had the humiliation of hearing the words from Jesus, Peter, lovest thou me? Well, of course I love you, Lord. Lord seemed to pay no attention. Peter, do you really love me? Jesus, well, of course, Lord. The third time, Peter got a little, little upset. Peter, do you really love me? Then you see, we, we get the picture after all of these happenings in Scripture that are related to Peter. He still wasn't converted. In fact, Jesus said to him, when you're converted, then go and share your faith. When you're converted. That implied he wasn't converted at that point. After three years with Jesus, after Lazarus, after the widow of Nain's son, after all these things, he still wasn't converted. Then one day, he was considered, he was converted. The change of a disciple. So these are the words of Peter. Let's all turn, if you would, hopefully about your Bible. If you don't, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. First epistle of Peter, and we're going to pick out the, the golden texts, at least as I saw them and experienced them. Chapter 1, verse 3 of 1 Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. You certainly thought of this. Because Jesus rose, if we go to sleep before he comes, we can have the assurance that we will likewise rise when the trumpet sounds. We will rise too. We can have that hope as we close our eyes. Verse 4, to the inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, my friends, there's a promise of eternal life. The reward is reserved for you 
Your name is on that chair at the banquet table. Revelation 14. Your name is there. You've been to a banquet sometimes or to a dinner or something where they have a card in front of a, a chair and your name is there. That's your chair. That's your ticket to get to that event. Here it says, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. Verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Anybody identify with that one? <clears throat> manifold temptations. Verse 7. The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What a verse. The trial of your faith being much more precious than gold. You know, all through scripture, we have the word gold coming up again and again and again. And on our modern day, gold, you see the advertisements over and over again. Invest in gold, 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 gold. We see it all the time on the internet and on other places. Um, but it says here that it's going to perish. Not only is the gold going to perish... But, you know, you, you think of this world that we, we see and we, we know. Cement will burn. Steel will burn. The most hardened objects will burn with fire from heaven and out of the earth. It's going to burn. It's going to be gone. Um, and then it links that. Be tried with fire. Might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom, verse 8, whom having not seen, ye love. Now I have a question for you. Is his word that we're reading as good as his presence? Heard a sermon one time about that. His word is as good as his presence. We can't see him or touch him here, but he tells us he will be with us when we seek him, when we pray, when we talk of scripture. He will be in this church when this happens. So his word is as good as his presence with us. In whom, verse 8, in whom though now we see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable. The joy that we should have with our Christian faith is, is like we can't, we can't even verbalize it. We can't get it out. Our minds are just full of it. We just have to explode sometimes because we love our God. That's what it's saying here. This, what, this is the transformation of Peter. After he denied his Lord, he wrote these words. <clears throat> Verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. We have eternal life promises all through these books. Eternal life promises from God. We can believe it. Verse 10, of which, sal which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Search diligently. There's something for us. <clears throat> Do we superficially read the scripture? Do we search diligently? Do we study it? Do we learn to know God as it is our privilege to know him? Do we do that is the question. That is what is required. Verse 11, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Now here it links, <clears throat> the verse comes to mind where we're told that God was in Jesus on the cross. God was in Jesus on the cross. Now this verse says the sufferings of Christ 
and then the glory that should follow. You see, Christ wasn't focused on his earthly pain and suffering. He was focused on the future. He was forced, focused on the glory that should follow. And I think that should be our, our focus as well. And then we will not sink into sin, as we are so often prone to do. Verse 18, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Here we have the gold again. We're not, we're not re- redeemed by silver or gold, or from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The precious blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, compared with gold and silver. Is there even a comparison there? Yeah. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in the last times for you. Well, here we have the information that this whole plan of salvation was foreordained. It was decided long before it happened in the light years of eternity, somewhere back there we can't even understand. It was foreordained that should man fall, as they did in the Garden of Eden, that there would be a lamb who would be sacrificed. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Verse 21, Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Now when I read those words, <clears throat> I I quickly had to turn to Revelation, Revelation 1. And when I saw him, John is writing, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell. And of death. So the question comes to us. What do we have to worry about. If we're in tune with our God. The answer is nothing. Down to verse 23. Being born again not of corruptible seed. But of incorruptible by the word of God. Which liveth and abideth forever. Here we're told. As the Bible does so many places. The word of God abides forever. It's not going to fade away. Like the flower that withereth. Like our lives. Um, but it's going to abide forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man, all the glory of man, all the PhDs, all the buildings, all the everything, all everything that is human made will fade away and be gone. One day it's going to be gone. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the, is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the, here it is again, the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by this the gospel is preached unto you. Now, the man writing these wonderful, incredible words is the man that denied his Lord. You see, our sins are totally forgiven. They're in the depths of the sea, as says Micah. They're behind our, the Lord's back. He can't see them. Cloud covering him. We're white as snow. All those things. But human and frail as we are, we still can have the memory of that. But as soon as you have the memory, it's the context of one look at myself, ten looks at the Master, Jesus. 
we quickly deflect off of our deficiencies and then realize in a moment that Jesus has saved us by his grace. Chapter 2, verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Now here we have a concept that I think is good for us as we face our upcoming evangelistic series in May and June with Jack Peffley. There are some people that are still needing the milk of the word as opposed to the meat of the word. We have to be patient and kind and loving to these people. They may look like they have all knowledge of scripture, but some of them don't. So we need to understand where they are and not blunder and, you know, make statements that would would make them discouraged. And so I think we have to really keep that thought in mind that there there are people that are babes in the truth. And Paul Paul said it so well, too, about the milk and the meat. And and, uh, Peter carries on that same theme here. Verse 7 of chapter 2, Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious, but unto them... That be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Now this converted Peter is reflecting back to what the Pharisees did. They rejected the Christ, the Son of God. They totally rejected him. But yet he was the cornerstone of the Christian faith. He was the only cornerstone. Peter says it here in those words. Verse 9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Each of us should ask the question of ourselves. Have I been called out of darkness into his marvelous light? I want to tell you, if it hadn't have been for some... Precious people in Washington State, the shores of Lake Washington up by Seattle, who kind of took in a family that had no mother. A father had seven children, one of whom was my mother. Took them to evangelistic meetings. And the entire family was converted. Um, If it hadn't been for those dear people, I wouldn't be standing here today. So I can understand just a little bit what the verse, these words mean. Who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. What does the word marvelous mean to you? What, what does that connote in your mind? Marvelous. Something extremely special, unearthly, just remarkable. Awesome. More precious than gold for sure. By light years, more precious than gold. Let's turn over to um, verse, we're still in chapter 2, verse 23. Who, when he was reviled and reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Here's a thought for us. If people have harmed us, if people have done evil things to us, what does the Bible say? Jeremiah, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. We can leave it with the Lord, and then we are safe. If we let it roll around in our minds and we dream of all things, how we can get back at the person, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. (laughs) 
somehow, with the Spirit, I'm learning. Leave it with God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. On the cross, the famous words, some of the seven sayings of Jesus. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. The question comes to us, can we do that? Can we do that? 25, verse 25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd. The same thing as darkness into light, this marvelous light, the same concept. Verse, verse um, chapter 2 now, verse 4. But let it be hidden, man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Reminds us of the parable of Jesus, a pearl of great price. Um, so what do, we, what do we have here? We've been, twice he's mentioned gold so far in First Peter. You know, gold, gold is precious on the earth. Chapter 3. I'm sorry, it's chapter 3, yes. Um, but it says here that a meek and quiet spirit in the sight of God is of great price. It's more precious than gold. That's pretty, that's pretty important. Now we have verse 12 in chapter 3. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Here we have the promise that God hears us when we sincerely seek him. He promises that. That's a promise from God. It's not a promise from an, an earthly person. It's a promise from God. And the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Verse 22 of chapter 3. Who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. He is above all and is the God of the universe. Chapter 4 verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. If you're watching the news at all. You get the overwhelming impression and it just could be that Peter's words are for our day. We may just be the last generation we just might be before Jesus comes. Okay, chapter, chapter 4, on with verse, um, verse 11 in the last part of the verse. God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Another promise that we, that's referring to eternal life. Have you ever just contemplated eternal life? How can we understand this? Eternity, forever. It's just too good to be true. Is that, is that fair? It's just too good to be true, forever. Verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. So don't be surprised if the Lord allows fiery trials to come your way. He's only trying, remember the concept in scripture in, in Revelation, gold that's tried in the fire. When gold is tried in the fire, it purifies it. All the dross is gone and the gold is pure, which represents our character as we face the judgment with Jesus. Verse 13, but rejoice. So if this happens to us, the fiery trials happen to us, what are we supposed to do? Peter says, rejoice. 
Have you tried that? How hard is that? Rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Then we come to a difficult verse, 18, chapter 4. For if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall be the ungodly and the sinner appear? If the righteous scarcely should be saved, says Peter, what shall be the the lot of the ungodly and the sinner? You know, we have to quickly, when we read that kind of text, we have to quickly think. When I look at myself, I don't see how I can be saved. When I look at Jesus, I don't see how I can be lost. That's the secret. One look at me, ten looks at the master. Verse 19, Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. I'd like to... um, I want to divert for just a moment to some words that I've, I've treasured over the years. I don't know how many years I've had this, but I, I keep it. It was last week, you know, if you were here, you remember you saw HMS Richard speaking from the screen. Um, that insert there of about three minutes where he was telling about his, his um, exposure to Ellen White and the wonderful words that he said about that subject. Here's some words that he wrote. You know, he's sleeping now waiting for Jesus to come and the trumpet to sound. Here's what he said. The most wonderful thing to me, that is more and more wonderful to me the older I get, is that a Christian, when he finishes his work and falls asleep in Christ, doesn't cease to exist. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Colossians 3. We don't cease to exist. We are unconscious, but we still exist. How? I don't know. But the Bible says so. And I believe it. A thousand times yes. We are preserved for salvation. I am glad for a no-so religion. Turn to the fifth chapter of 1 John. Seven times in that chapter it says, We know, we know, we know that we have eternal life, my friends. I have eternal life. Jesus said, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath, that's present tense, everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. I have eternal life. My life is hid in Christ. So he speaks to us from the grave. Have you ever had a major operation from the time you received the anesthetic until the time you came out of it? You knew nothing but about the passing of time. Nothing at all. When a Christian dies and rises again, if it's one day, one month, one year, one century, or a millennium, what difference does it make? To him it just seems he goes through a door from a dark room of troubles, of worry and pain, into a place of light that never goes out. He hears music that has never again been heard on this earth since the night when the shepherds watched their flocks on the moonlit hills of Judea and angels announced the birth of Jesus. He hears singing as all the eastern sky is filled. Now he's speaking, of course, of the coming of Jesus in the clouds. With radiant forms of millions of angelic hosts, what a day. Then we'll meet there by the big river, And have our first taste 
of the fruit of the tree of life. And he closes with these words. And so, my friend, until then, have faith in God. Verse 7 of chapter 5. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, here's the verse we've heard so often, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, now with those amazing words from 1 Peter, remember, this is the man that denied his Lord, even after he had seen all the miracles, and seen all the wonderful things that Jesus did, had walked with him for three years. He still denied his Lord. He failed. But the mercy and the grace of Jesus transformed him. We're told, Tsar of Ages, when he denied his Lord and Jesus looked at him, he went out and what did he do? He wept bitterly, cried his eyes out in our parlance. He cried his eyes out. He was to be converted. And later to talk in Acts about the fact, he told the people, this tent I'm in, and those in Bible times and in, in wordage, the tent referred to your human body. This tent I'm in. It doesn't matter, Peter would say. It doesn't matter because I know that I have a home up there. And of course, Jesus, the Bible tells us that his name will be on the foundation of the new Jerusalem. Okay, for Second Peter the, one, the verse 4, 2 Peter, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5, And beside this, giving all diligence. Here we have a series of things that we need to focus on if we're going to cross the finish line and be in the new earth. Here they are. Giving all diligence. We've just read about searching the scriptures like the Bereans did. They searched the scriptures daily. That's what this refers to. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience. Oh Lord, forgive me. <laughs> and to patience godliness. I'm sorry, the first, first Peter. I'm sorry, second Peter, the first chapter. I'm sorry, I didn't make it clear. Second Peter, first chapter, we're reading. Let's, let's start again at verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience. Oh, oh. And patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. Oh, oh. And to brotherly kindness charity. Share what you have with other people. Less fortunate. You remember Matthew 25 and 26, those great words of Jesus, where he says to the sheep and the goats, the naked and the hungry, and so on and so on. Okay, verse 9 now of the first chapter of Second Peter. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. We're blind. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Here's referring back to that statement about from darkness going into the marvelous light. Uh, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Here's another promise of eternal life. Ye will never fall. If you do these things, we've just 
knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, and then charity. Verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Another promise of eternal life. It's all through here. You can't miss it. Down to verse 16, a very famous verse in Scripture. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we, may know it unto you, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Here's Peter telling us again, I was an eyewitness. I saw him. I touched him. I ate with him. I, I heard him day after day. I walked with him. Let us remind ourselves, the man writing these words failed his Lord horribly, which should give, it gives me great courage, and I hope it does you. Verse 17, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice of him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. By the way, do you remember the three times when the voice of God out of heaven spoke? At the baptism of Jesus, the first time. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The second time was in the temple. In the temple, when the Greeks came and said, we would see Jesus, a voice came out of heaven, identifying Jesus as God's son. The third time, of course, is a Mount of Transfiguration, where a voice from heaven came down again. Three times. Three times. Verse 18, and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. Verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein do ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. I think this term, the day star rise in your heart, is similar to coming out of darkness into marvelous light. Conversion, being born again. Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. These words were not by the will of man. It wasn't Peter. Peter was writing, but the Holy Spirit was telling him what to write through Peter. Okay, chapter 2 of Second Peter, verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them with an overflow, making them an example unto those that after would live ungodly. Boy, Peter refers to Noah, refers to Sodom and Gomorrah, and does refer to the beginning of the world. When you read those words, you know, you, th you think, how far have some people gone publication Adventist today uh, has some good things in it but it also has some articles regarding that uh, we can't believe the first chapter of Genesis it's just modern science has just thrown that out the window my friend if you start throwing out scripture even the first chapter of Genesis where does it end David referred back to it Jesus referred to it where does it end it doesn't end it's another subtlety of Satan now down to verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the, un the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. This morning in Sabbath school we had something about it is written. 
The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. That's how it's done. Remembering it is written. It is written. Verse 15. Which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. He loved the gold of the world, and he traded that for his own soul. But was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass, speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. The Bible says he was mad. How did he get mad? His own choice, letting Satan take hold of him. That's how it was. Let's go to chapter 3, verses 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffer, coming in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of. Willingly. Underline that. That by the word of the God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Well, here's Peter confirming the creation story. Right here, you see. Verse 6, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Here he confirms the flood. I'll never forget standing on that 7,000 foot mountain when I was a student up in Arizona and finding encased in the, in the dirt up there sea creature after sea creature, the, 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 the skeletons of such, of these sea creatures, 7,000 feet in the air. Well, how did that happen? Well, I think it has something to do with verse 6 here, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with the water perished. Verse 7, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word, here we have a promise, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. I reflect now back to what HMS Richards said. What difference does it matter if it's a week, a month, a year, ten years, a hundred years, a thousand years, a millennium? You're safe in the arms of Jesus. Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. By the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The steel, the cement, the gold, everything will melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, Seeing, verse 11, we focus on this, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Ah, Peter's really giving it straight here, isn't he? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens, and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Here would be a reference to us putting on the righteous robe of Christ. And he covers our sins. And as we learned in our Sabbath school lesson this morning, it isn't something that we do because we think, if I don't do it, I won't have eternal life. It's something that wells up within us that we can't help ourselves. We, we have to do it, propelled by the Holy Spirit. 
That's where God wants us. Then we, comes to the, we come to the last verse of Second Peter. But grow in grace. Grow in grace. You know, I have a friend that we talk to sometimes and study with, and a person mentioned the concept, well, I know about the love of God, but, but I, I need to get on beyond that. I need to get into other things. My friends, <laughs> if you're human like me, I need to sort of think and contemplate about the grace of God every day. And it can bring new visions of grandeur to our minds that we didn't know the day before. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. My friends, it started at 3 a.m. It's now 5.30 a.m. And I've got a huge day in front of me. (laughs) So I'll try to stay awake. Okay. Well, thank you for bearing with me with a different kind of a sermon, but it's all from Scripture. Father in heaven, may we make the Scriptures our daily fare. May we study them diligently, as did the Bereans, so we may rightly discern what is truth. O Lord, help us to this end. Bless us, guide us. Help us each day to know you better. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.